Blog Talk Radio. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
Welcome to Prayer International Radio. <sighs> this is our Wednesday night broadcast. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg. Um, for the next two hours, um, well, we're pretty much here to do whatever God wants us to do and whatever the Holy Spirit leads. Um, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, give us a call. You can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com and then um, pretty much that'll go directly to um, my cell phone and then we can pray for you that way too. Um, So, Father, (laughs) oh God, this whole thing belongs to you, Lord, and you're the only one who gets glorified, Jesus, through any of it. Father, for it's not our names that were exalted, it's yours, Lord. It's not our glory, it's yours. So, Jesus, tonight be glorified in the midst of your people, Lord. Lord, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, take this word and make it alive to us tonight. Open our hearts, Father, so we can fully receive and hear from you, Lord. Lord, give us discernment, Father, so we can understand, Father, so that we can know the leading of your Holy Spirit. Your word says that your sheep hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So, Lord, as always, we um, lay down this broadcast before your throne, Lord. Asking for your will to be done. Asking for you to have your way, Lord. In our lives, Father, in the lives of every single person who's listening tonight, Lord. And every person who's listening to the show through an archive, Father. Let everything be done, Father, solely for your name's sake, Lord. So that your will can be done, Father. So that, Lord, so people will know you, Father. You know, that's pretty much what this is, um, that's really what it's all about in the long run. Um, and I know we say that a lot. Um, as far as knowing God, <clears throat> you know, um, it's one of those things that um, people say. And um, some people run around um Proclaiming I'm a friend of God But I sometimes wonder um, And this may just be me um, What that really means As far as do people really comprehend what they're saying You know, um, a lot of people will run around saying that I'm a friend of Jesus But do they really grasp the magnitude of the words that they're saying You know, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. For a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But Jesus has plainly made known to us the mysteries of the kingdom. Himself being the um, ultimate mystery that was um, gradually revealed from the foundation of the earth through the apostles and prophets. Um, to be revealed in the last times, in these last days, when he appeared and died upon the cross for the sins of 
all mankind, and then ascended into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God the Father, where he became high priest, high counselor, high intercessor, where he became head over the entire church. And what does it really mean to say that you're friends with God? Um, you know, it's it's a really it's a, it is a really big thing. Um, I remember Misty Edwards, who is a um, worship leader out of um, Kansas City, Missouri, at a place called IHOP, not the Pancake Restaurant, but the International House of Prayer. And I remember she said once that. Um, you know, people say they're friends of God, and she said, I don't really think they have any clue what they're talking about. Um, because we live our daily lives, and for the most part, don't really, we have a small, tiny sliver of an idea of this God that we serve. Um, in so much as, as much as we've read of the scriptures, as much as if we have spent time with him. And as much as we've given our lives over to him, we've things have the things of the heart of the Father have been revealed to us. Um, but really, can we really claim that we're friends with, friends of God? Um, and it's two sided, really. Um, you know, covenant is, or the word covenant is probably one of my favorite words, um, which generally is means an unbreakable unbreakable bond, an unbreakable seal. Um, and, you know, when God made a covenant with us, um, it's not something that can easily be undone. Um, you know, in our societies that we live in today, um, the closest thing we have to covenant is marriage, and which is not in general, treated with much respect, is not treated with much honor, um, but it's just regarded as a common thing. And vows that are made are easily broken. Um, but in reality, God's um, idea of covenant is completely different um, in that his word, once he sends his word out, um, that's pretty much the end of the story. Whether um, we believe, whether we trust him or not, it doesn't remove or negate the authority and the power of his word. It doesn't remove the sincerity of his heart or the Lord's commitment on our behalf for his glory. And, you know, um, I'll give you an example. Um, I have a friend. And um, he wouldn't say that, but um, I have this friend who I've known for a majority of my Christian life, and um, you know, every now and then in life, you just have those friends that really annoy you, and you just like rub each other the wrong way, and you get on each other's nerves, and you know, there's always people like that. And um, but I love this guy like a brother, even though we've the few times we talk, we fight and or argue about our differences of opinions. But a very long time ago, I um, made a covenant with him that my um, 
commitment to him would be unchanging. And that being said, um, it's probably been months and months now and in the last year. I may have only talked to this guy twice, but it doesn't negate the covenant that I made with him. And, you know, and it doesn't matter if this person wants to be friends or even if we get along good as friends, it doesn't change the fact I've made a covenant with him and I've given him my word. And, you know, um, a man's word is, they say, is a sign of his character. And, you know, the Bible says God, when he could swear by no other name, swore by himself. And, um, it says he's exalted his word above his name um, to give us the ultimate guarantee on his um, commitment to the promises he's made to us. Um, and, you know, those promises span the entire course of the Old and New Testament. Um, and we're all summed up, all um, exclamation points were put on all of them at the life and death of the Lord Jesus Christ and who is the fulfillment in some ways of all the promises of the Father to us to show beyond a shadow of a doubt with all assuredness his commitment to his word um, to never leave us nor forsake us, um, to be our provider when we cannot provide for ourselves um, in any shape and fashion. Um, we usually can't uh, provide for our own finances half the time, let alone our own salvation. And, you know, um, his word is true. The Bible says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Um, and so we um, go around saying that we're friends with God, but yet um, none, of us have, none of us have ever seen God. Um Nobody living has seen Jesus, even though um, we have a relationship with him. Um, ironically, the Bible says no one's seen the Father at any time except for the Son, who came from the Father. Um, my best, um, my best belief slash theory um, is that every instance in the Bible where man has come in contact with God. Even throughout the Old Testament, it was actually the Lord Jesus Christ who they saw and beheld. And and I could be wrong on that, but you know Jesus said, "No one's seen the Father." But at the same time, He said, "If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father," because the disciples said, "Show us the Father, and it's sufficient." And Jesus said, "You know, how long have I been with you?" And you say, "Show me the Father." Um, He's, and he went on saying how I and my father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And um, But if you take a friendship um, and your commitment to it, you know, friendships take um, effort. I have, and that's the difference when it comes down, the difference between an acquaintance and a friend is an acquaintance of someone you're somewhat familiar with. You may know a little bit about them. You may hear things about them, and you may see them in passing. Um, but there's no strong bond there. 
where that person plays a dramatic role in your life. And a friend is a little bit different because a friend is someone who you have constant contact with, something, someone you constantly make an effort to spend time with um, because you want to be around them. And, you know, the father is the same way. And that, um, and you know, it's an interesting thing about God. And, um, you know, they, when I was growing up in Christian churches, they would always say how the Holy Spirit's a gentleman and he won't force himself upon you. Um, which, you know, in some ways is true because the father, as much as he longs to be with us and as long, as much as he at times gives us the desires to be in his presence, um, and to know him. He never forces himself upon us. It's always left um, to us to make an effort. And, you know, the Father will give you whatever you want. And if you want more of him, then he'll give it to you. If you want to spend, be closer to him, then he'll let you come closer. The Bible says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Um, but, you know, there's sacrifices that have to be made on your behalf and on my behalf. And if you really want a relationship with a father, that isn't something ordinary, but something extraordinary, something that changes your very concept of life. Your whole outlook, your whole perspective on everything in life completely is changed and modified because of this knowledge you have of the living God. And not only the knowledge you have of him, but the knowledge you have of his presence always being with you, um, knowing that he fills all things, knowing that, like the psalmist said, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? And, you know, that changes things. Um, because then it's not just um, a God who's way out there somewhere but it's a God who is as close as the words that are coming out of your mouth. And it's someone who is always present, not only in times of need, but in times of joy. Someone who is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when your mind isn't on him, his mind is on you um, to prosper you because he has a plan for your life. And when I say prosper, I'm not just saying to make you rich. But, he's, but as it says in the New Testament, that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. Because the Father isn't necessarily concerned with your pocketbook. He's concerned with your heart. Because out of the abundance of your heart is what you're going to speak. And what you speak becomes living because our words are living. And you create your environment through the words that come out of your mouth. And those words come from your heart, and it's a true sign of what you really believe. It's a true sign um, of what you really think about God and what you um, so Because you can claim you believe anything you want. Whether it's true or not is a different story. And whether your faith actually and your actions will back up what you proclaim is also a completely different story, um, which is the difference between people who just give... God lift service and um you know, a better example is um I remember there was a time I went to this church um a long time ago and 
it wasn't my church. I was dating someone who went to the church, and um, this church was always known as a Baptist church. Um, and I don't say that in a disrespectful way, but it was somewhat low-key, very reserved. And I walked into this church, and um, in some ways I was completely shocked because um, the church looked like a mall. I mean, it had like a little eating area and all sorts of crazy stuff in there and a little coffee shop, and which is fine because for some of us who are addicted to coffee, I mean, it's, you know, the closest thing to heaven you get. Besides the presence of the Lord And um, That was my attempt at making a joke For all you Um, But I went into this church And um, they started the worship service Now um, I'm one of those people Who the best part to me About going into a church Is the worship The intimacy and the ability To pour my heart out before the Father And to worship Him and to forget everybody else that's in there and to pretend that it's just me and him or a corporate environment where there's all of us. And, you know, usually if it's not me trying to pretend that nobody's there and it's just me and the Lord, then it's always me um, having this image of standing before the throne of the living God with a countless number of people. Um, like it says in Revelations, where the whole world's crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And, you know, um, so I'm in this church and worship started, and so I'm getting excited because we're about to start worship, and it's my favorite part about going to church. Because, you know, the word's nice, and it's great when you have a pastor who can really teach you um, with love and compassion and really... um, go through the scriptures and has an anointing to bring out the word of God um, in a way that makes it relevant to your life and makes you understand the heart of the Father. But to me, there's nothing that compares to worship. And um, so worship starts, and I am getting all into worship. And I stopped and I looked around, and I noticed that most of the people in the church because um, it was a big church, so when I say most, um, it doesn't mean everybody. It means probably a, a couple hundred, um, and there were um, people that were there, and I noticed them just standing there. Um, some of them just stood there. Some of them held their coffee cups. Um, some of them sang. Um, I mean... But there was, you know, there was a noticeable difference, and I thought, and maybe maybe wrongly thought, what's wrong with these people? Do they not know who this is we're singing to? Is it really just a song that you sing, and, you know, it really doesn't matter what the song is? Is it really just a song that we're singing because this is the right time to sing it, or is it we're singing this because it's the best way to express the outpouring of our heart to our Father and our God. And, you know, and you could see it on their faces. And I I wondered how many of them really knew him. How many of them went into church and went through the routine of um, going to church because either it was the right thing to do or because they wanted to be there or... And how many of them did they live and breathe the Father? 
And what I meant by that is, um, you know, I've asked this to some of my friends before, um, and in that I'll ask them, you know, when I ask people about them, about them to tell me about themselves, I don't usually want to know like where they went to school, what their favorite color is, um, what they like to do during the weekends. I want to know what literally makes them breathe. What is the driving force in their life that makes them get up? The one thing that every breath is longing for, every the utmost desire in your life, and what is that focus? What is that pointed to? And, you know, for me, it's always been him. Um, even when I haven't acted like it, even when my thoughts aren't on him, in the end, the ultimate goal and the ultimate desire has always been, like Moses said, um, when he stood before the before God on the mountain, he said, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you. You know, Paul said... Um, talked about the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord. And, um, you know, what is your, um, what is it that makes you breathe? What is it that um, brings joy to your face? What is it you think about and you have an amazing joy about it? And, you know, I'm not saying that the Lord God should be your only desire, because um, we'd all be liars if we said he was. I remember in a different church, um, and I'll tell you a different, a completely different story, and it sort of ties into the first one um, about worship. You know, Jesus said, um, the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Because the Father, God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, you know, I was in this church, and um, it was a really, really small church. There was like six people there. And um, they got ready for worship, and once again, I'm excited. And these um, two older ladies got up to start singing. And because that was their worship band, and um, needless to say, it wasn't like Hillsong revival music. It wasn't the loud, um, like impactful music. It was these two women up there singing their hearts to the Lord, and it didn't sound very pretty. But there was such an anointing to it because it was real to them. And I had to learn that there's not always going to be someone there to draw you into worship. There's not going to always be someone around to help you into the presence of the Father and to get your mindset on the presence of the Father and to get the atmosphere and everything just right. Um, you know, at times you can listen to certain worship music that's really anointed and it just sort of paves the way for the presence of the Lord just to um, work um, in your midst and for his glory to come down. And there's certain music you can listen to and that's really anointed and you the 
first couple seconds the songs play, you literally feel like you just stepped into the throne room of heaven. But what happens when you don't have that? And you're sitting in your apartment or you're sitting in your house and you just had a horrible day and you really want to be in the presence of the Lord, but you don't know how to get there because you don't have all the um, helping things. You don't have anybody else there to help you, to guide you into the presence of the Father. And you have to rely on what you know about your relationship with Him and what's really deep in your heart. And um, so, you know, worship, I said this one time before, worship isn't supposed to be something that we just do. It's supposed to be part of who we are. It should be part of our very identities, um, our very characteristic of who we are as worshipers of God. And not because we have to but because we want to, not because we expect that by worshiping him we're going to get anything, but because we know that he deserves it. And the very, and just knowing who he is spawns a heart of worship inside of you. And, you know, I remember this, one of these ladies um, was singing this song, um, which was, Jesus, you're all I want, um, you're all that I need. And she stopped in the middle of the song, and everybody looked up, and she's like, you know, I I sort of have a problem singing this, because I know it's a lie. And I know he's not everything I want, and he's not everything I need. Um, And she said, but I want him to be. And You know, the true part of her heart and her desire for the Lord was really obvious because um, we have five million desires as humans. Um, We have all these senses that the Lord gave us to enjoy this life with. Um, But sometimes we have to um, go beyond those um, in our relationship with the Father because you know, you don't always, um, you can't always sense his presence, even though it's there. You can't always hear his voice, even though he may be talking. Um, and there's times where you may go through a month or a year or two where you can literally feel his presence everywhere you go. And then there's times that you'll go through life where you will feel nothing whatsoever and you'll start wondering, okay, God, where are you? But it doesn't mean he didn't go anywhere. It just means that you're not, you just can't see it. And those senses that you come to rely upon, um, you have to stop relying upon and you have to start using your ability to discern the spiritual realm and to worship him in the spirit, um, regardless of what's going on, regardless of what you're doing. Um, so, um, you know, it really um, boils down to that whole thing we've talked about, about being friends with God. And, you know, at one point in time, we're all stand before him. And I say this a lot on this broadcast, but I really, really wonder 
um, when we get there, how many people will see Jesus and know who it is and actually know it's him outside the fact that he's sitting on the throne and outside of the um, the holes in his hands and his feet. And, you know, the Bible says that um, many people have unwittingly or unknowingly entertained angels and, and, and even in their passing have seen angels but not known that they were angels. Um, because, you know, the Bible says there are angels all around us. And um, you could be walking down the street, um, see an old lady who needs help and help her, and it could have been an angel and you would have never known it. Um, and I'm not going to really get into that because um, I don't want you to take that whole statement too far. But Jesus said, um, people have unknowingly entertained angels, or the Bible says it. One of the disciples said it. It says it in there somewhere, so go search it and find it. Um, but the reason I said that is, you know, um, I take a train to work now with this job I have. And I remember sitting on the bus and looking at all these people who were going to work, going home. And I was looking at their faces and I just wondered, if he was one of them, would I really know it? Would I really know him? Because, you know, after the crucifixion and resurrection, he appeared to a, a bunch of different people. And, you know, he appeared to some people walking along the road. And they didn't know it was Jesus. And they talked with him and walked with him talking to him about his own death and they couldn't perceive that it was him. And then he finally um, revealed himself to them. And you know, sometimes I wonder when we get up there, how many of us will have spent enough time and taken the effort or have made this relationship with God so real that we see him and automatically know who he is. Um, and, you know, it's funny. Um, I can be in my house sitting on the couch and one of my four children could walk in the room behind me and I could probably tell you which one it is without turning around just because somehow being able to recognize the, their presence and you know we should have that same type of relationship and that same intimacy with the father that the second he is there we know it the second he starts to even whisper we hear it but, you know, that doesn't happen just because you wake up one day and you say, okay, God, I want to hear everything you want to say to me. Um, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. But it takes actually being able to recognize his voice and actually knowing his voice and to be able to distinguish his voice from the voice of the enemy. Um, and that only comes with time. 
that only comes from constantly being in his word. So you have his word hidden inside your heart. Um, you know, David said, um, your word I have hidden in my heart that I wouldn't sin against you. But it's not only that, but also so that we'll know him. Because it's this very word that declares who he is. It's this very word that that magnifies his name, magnifies who he is. Um, and it takes time, and it's a relationship. And um, it's not always pretty. It's not always joyful. You know, the Bible does say in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy, and that's true. But like any relationship... Um, there's not many people out there who spend every minute of every day thinking about the Lord. Um, I don't do it. I wish I could, but I don't. Um, I try as much as possible. Um, and then sometimes I just notice I'll be in the elevator at work or whatever singing a worship song um, without even realizing I'm singing it until I realize I'm singing it. Um, because, you know, um, in the last 12 to 20, I don't even know how long I've known him, he's still the realest thing about this life. Um, because when all this fades away, when the houses and the cars and the jobs and the people, um, when all of it's gone, it's you and him. It's you standing before him with your arms out crying, Abba, Father. It's him saying, um, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in into the joy of your Lord. Anyway, um, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call number 619-638-8458. We need to take a quick break and we will be right back. Running wild 
and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you all the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, Father, tonight be glorified. Lord, reveal to us your heart. Reveal to us your desires. Lord, reveal to us your presence. Draw us into your presence, Lord. Once again, light a flame of intimacy with us. Father, set our heart's desire upon you, Lord, and upon your Son, Father. Lord, if anybody out there doesn't know you tonight, Lord, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord. Even tonight, Father, that you would begin to make yourself known to them that you would begin to speak to them, Lord. Father, and for those out there who do know you, Lord, Lord, increase their faith in you. Increase their desire for you, Father. Increase their hunger and thirst after your righteousness, Lord. And bring them into your presence, Father, even closer, even deeper, Lord. Father, we um, give everything to you, Lord. Jesus, you alone are worthy. I hear the voice. It's the voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. I hear you calling me, Jesus. I hear the voice. Voice of the one I love He's calling my name Can you hear him calling you? He's saying Come up higher Hear the angels sing Yeah Come up higher My beloved Come up higher this world behind You'll find it to be beautiful